Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. It's good to be up here. We've had an incredible few weeks, haven't we, with Pastor John's book, Unmasked. It's helped so many people. And I'm excited now about this new series where we focus in on one of our key attributes as a church. Core values is centered on Jesus, Christ-centered. Jesus is wonderful. Isn't He wonderful? My life's mission is to help people love Jesus more. And if this morning through God's Word, from His heart, through my heart to yours, I can help you see Jesus more clearly, love Him more dearly, follow Him more nearly. We'll have achieved what we set out to do. You ready for God to speak to you this morning? Jesus said to be doers of the Word. He said, as your faith Let it be unto you. And in a room of this size, we can be at different levels of faith and relationship with God. And I pray that wherever you feel, distant or close, whether you're new, whether you've been coming for many years, whether you're young, whether you're old, that God will speak to your heart today. So are you ready? Maybe put your hand on your heart because I'm gonna pray that this message will go directly into your heart, exactly what you need today. Lord, I thank you for every man and woman, boy and girl. Lord, you know every heart. I don't know what's going on in every heart, but Holy Spirit, you do. Right now, I partner with you. And I thank you that your word breathes life and light and direction and meaning and strength and and courage. So right now, I pray that your word would speak as only you can and cause lasting change in every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats, lovely people. When was the last time something shook you to your core? When was the last time you felt like the rug was pulled from under your feet? What does it take to make you unsteady or second guess yourself? One afternoon a few months ago, something happened that triggered one of those responses inside me that shook me to my core. You know that feeling, that letdown, that disappointment, that like sick feeling in your stomach? And it hit me in a way that I didn't expect. Because sometimes what you respond to will be different to what I respond to, depending on what's going on in your life at the time, and depending what your core values are, what's important to you, right? And so that particular day, I just felt shook, and I knew that I needed to get out of the house Before I even spoke to Steve about it, I needed to get out and walk as I often do. And so I grabbed my sunglasses. I put them on for one reason, not because it was sunny. We haven't seen a lot lately, have we? I put them on because there were maybe one or two or three or four tears. And I live in an area in Addlebridge where lots of people from our church, Pastor John and Chantel, live nearby. And, and if I'd be out walking that day, crying my eyes out, and they, I saw anyone, they'd be like, she's a basket case. What are we doing having her on the platform or helping pastor our people? Has anyone ever been there? And I'm walking through the fields, okay? And I'm talking with Jesus. 
and I'm giving him my concerns and my cares and I'm, I'm kind of, actually, I'm not talking with him, I'm talking to him. I'm telling him what's the, what the problem here, is here and my frustration and trying to work it out. And as I get more and more angry, I'm walking even faster and faster. And then I really sense him speaking to my heart that I need to get rid of some, some clutter, some things that have built up, some frustration, some animosity. And I had to let it go. And I had to just get rid of those tears. They serve a purpose for a time because we need to be able to get it out. But you know what? When you're highly emotional, it's likely that you will not have wisdom. Wisdom and emotion do not go hand in hand. And I needed God's wisdom at that moment. And so I gave it all to God. I, I, I felt like I got the stuff out of my heart and Do you know he's so patient? He's such a great listener, he doesn't condemn us. By the time I got back, I stayed out for quite a while. By the time I got back, the situation hadn't changed, but my perspective had. And when you see from God's perspective, everything changes. And I realize how important our first response is in a time of storm. And you might say, Rachel, that's all well and good, but The magnitude of my storm is not going to be solved by a walk across the fields. And I agree, many of us have gone through loss and maybe miscarriage, death of loved ones, disappointment, financial loss, especially in recent months. Maybe you're in the room today and some of those big storms of the past come up again in the smaller storms in life and shake you. Maybe post-pandemic you found that You don't have the same capacity that you once had. You shrunk back a little bit. I know I found this. Or or you're a bit more on edge. You're a bit more anxious than you used to be. Everything requires a little bit more effort. And we can be knocked off our feet a bit quicker. God is wanting to build a church that's strong right now in these days. And that takes each one of us to be strong. And I did what I knew next. To go back, I opened my Bible. And I said, Jesus, speak to me. And I've been reading since the start of the year, the words in red. So whatever else I've been reading um, every day, I would also add some of Jesus' words that he spoke in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I was reading Matthew 7 this particular day. And this spoke direct into my heart. And whatever you're going through, whether you've been through a storm, you're going through a storm or will go through a storm, this is going to help you. You know sometimes when you read something that you've read a lot, Oh, you you heard as a Bible story when you were young. Sometimes you can skim over it. This was one of those, but I felt that I needed to pause and to listen. This is what it says in Matthew 7, 24, in the Passion Paraphrase. It says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man or woman who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came and the fierce winds beat on the house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man or woman who built their house on sand. And when it rained and rained and when the flood came, the wind and the waves beat on the house, it collapsed. And in one version it says, great was the fall. It was swept away. In the amplified um, version, it says, this wise man or woman is sensible, prudent, and practical. 
I love how practical God's word is. This message is gonna be very practical to help keep you strong in times of storm. What stood out to me at that moment was that Jesus said our lives would have storms, but that his heart was to help us. He wants to help us to stay grounded. He talked about the importance of foundation and the Collins Dictionary definition of foundation, one of the definitions is the basis or groundwork of anything. Groundwork, being grounded. And it also says the state of being founded. Founded and grounded. And I thought right then, I need to be founded on Jesus and grounded in the storm. Grounding is a familiar term that's used often now. It's not to do with airplanes that are grounded. We've had a long time of that, or, or grounded if you've been naughty. It's, it's about, psychologists use this term. I had a good friend about five years ago that helped me through a challenging season. And when you get stressed or a bit anxious, it focuses on the present, which is also biblical, and gets you to use your five senses Look, look at what's around you. What do you feel? What do you see? What do you smell and touch? And it anchors you into the present. Rather than worrying about the future and, and, and stressed out about the past, it anchors you and it's called grounding. It's very biblical too. So the title of this message is, How Grounded Are You? And if you're watching online today and you're in your living room, you're watching this afterwards, I believe that this message is for you. Whatever you're going through right now, there's been some storms, there's been some things that have knocked you, but you're gonna be grounded. And some of you have actually asked God this morning, I need you to speak to me. And some of you that have come in here for the first time today, there's, this is something specifically for you. And I believe this morning also, I'm talking to some of our young people and young adults. God wants to keep you strong in this time. So look at the context. Steve already mentioned that there was this 400 years, these centuries of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then Jesus steps in to Israel's history and to our humanity. And he actually fulfills everything that was in the Old Testament. In the book of Matthew, the Old Testament is mentioned 66 times, reference to it, because Jesus fulfilled God's ultimate plan, even in those years of silence, God was working in men and women's hearts, and he chose the right time in history for Jesus to come. At that time, when people were shaken and feeling oppressed, he brought stability. And he uses the incredible young man, as Steve said, a young teenager that was despised as a tax collector, it changed his life and able to pen this incredible story. This story is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon. It's, it's, it's the greatest sermon ever preached. And Jesus is talking all about how to live our lives well as Christians. It's incredible because it's called the Sermon on the Mount. What mount? It's actually Mount Sinai, which is where Moses delivered the law and spoke through Moses to man. He wrote on tablets of stone. All these centuries later, 
Jesus, God is now speaking to man through Jesus. Jesus is speaking on this mountain, not about law, not about have-tos. He's speaking personally into hearts, saying, I have come to fulfill God's plan, but I have come for you as individuals. I have come to help you do this life well. And he talks about relationships. And he talks about the Lord's prayer. And he finishes with this incredible story. And can I just say, some of you have, that have felt Jesus is miles away. And you've maybe felt that God's been absent during this time. He's still working his purpose and his plan together. He has not missed, he's not missed one single detail of your life and he is working it together for good for you. As he has done throughout history, he is today and you are born at this time in history for such a time as this. And Jesus says the need, the importance to apply this word. You know, applying God's word, it's a bit like applying deodorant. It's, it, it's all right to read it, it's all right to have it on the shelf, but it needs to be applied. A good deodorant needs to be applied. Did you put your deodorant on this morning? Okay, nudge someone and say, hey, you got your deodorant on? Or have you applied the word this morning? The key thing here is the two houses that were built on sand and rock, the storms come to both of them. Whether we read our Bibles or not, the storms come. They both look exactly the same from the outside, but one decides to apply the word. What shakes us in life is not just the rains coming down, but it's actually the floods of previous storms coming up. You know, I don't know how many used to sing the song, uh, the rains came down and the floods came up. We learned this story in Sunday school years ago. We used to sing a song, the rains came down and the floods came up, but the house on the rock stayed firm. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. The picture there is the rains coming down, the floods coming up. Sometimes it's not just the storms, it's the residue of past hurts, past disappointments that haven't been dealt with that are causing floods to come up and hit us unexpectedly. God wants to do some irrigation this morning and get rid of some of that damp, soggy ground and so that you can feel that you are alive and free on the inside and grounded. Our external challenges are only as powerful as our internal foundations allow them to be. Your response on the inside is what determines your resilience on the outside. So back to my story, I'm very practical. I'm looking at God's word. I'm saying, okay, what can I apply? How do I stand strong at times like this? The little storms that are affected because of past bigger ones. How do I actually do that? So I wanna share that with you now and it's literally been life-changing for me. Over these past months, it's kept me grounded. So first one, First point, are you ready? You need to take these away, write them down. Stay grounded in resolve. Grounded in resolve. The dictionary definition of resolve is to resolve a problem, to resolve differences in a peaceful way, to determine a course of action. Jesus reminds us in order to stay grounded, we need to resolve to keep peace with ourselves 
and peace with others. It doesn't just happen. It's a stance. It's a resolve. It's a determined response. And Jesus actually says in Matthew 7, I'm looking at the gold in those previous verses to this story. He says in verse 1, refuse to be a critic full of bias towards others. In verse 5, he says, first acknowledge and deal with your own blind spots. In verse 12, it says, in everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want them to treat you. There's a pretty strong word, they're good words. How many know that a time of challenge or storm, sometimes it can be to do with someone else? Someone else you care for, or someone that's hurt you, or someone that's frustrated you. And we need to go to God. In those moments when I was walking across the fields, I need to give it to God, declutter my heart, resolve in my heart that I will not hold a grudge. Sometimes us Brits can be quite strong in our opinions. I encourage you to keep giving it to God and see his opinion and his perspective. And resolve to keep peace within yourself. I've got a lovely mentor, older lady in Australia that I contact every now and again, Margaret Stunt, and she reminds me often, Rachel, stay in peace. And sometimes we need to remind each other, Gillian, stay in peace. Nathan, stay in peace. Kevin, stay in peace. Trevor, stay in peace. Alex, stay in peace. You online today, stay in peace. Whatever the problem is, whether it's small, like last night, our kitten running away, and, we, and it's dark, and we can't find her anywhere, and we're freaking out because it's the first time she's been out for that long. And I'm about to preach a message the next day, and I still need to prepare, and we're running outside around the grass trying to find, find her. And I'm saying, Rachel, stay in peace. Stupid thing like that, or a major thing like you've just had a test result, a health scare. Stay in peace. Jesus said, do not worry. Jesus knew we would worry. He knows our human makeup. I was going through all the scenarios that day of the potential outcomes in my mind. And Jesus says in this scripture, he says, don't worry. Look at the birds. They don't worry and, and I feed them. Look at the lilies of the field. They don't worry and I clothe them. Jesus is actually using grounding techniques. He's saying, look at nature. Look at, look at the birds. Look at, the, look at nature is good for us. So walking and praying is a good thing to do, people. And I remember walking out one particular day in Attlebridge, walking across the fields. I think we've got a picture up, the wheat fields. I could hear the birds singing. And it was like music to my ears, reminding me early in the morning how God is so faithful. I'm like, where's the birds? Where's it coming from? And I realized they're all nesting in the wheat because there was no trees around, they were all singing in there. And it just gave me courage to remember these words. Look at the birds, they're, they're singing, they're not stressed. Matthew 6, 31 says, don't worry about these things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Don't allow these things to dominate our thoughts. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything, everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble, enough for today. Take a day at a time. We can't control what happens around us, but we can take responsibility for what happens in us. Remember, Pastor John talked about the worry mask, and he talked about the rocking chair that goes backwards and forwards but doesn't get anywhere. That's what worry does. So resolve in your heart, I will not allow this to dominate my thoughts. 
I choose not to worry. I choose peace. I choose to trust that my Father knows best. I choose to seek Him above all else. I choose to be present in today, and I choose to make peace with others. Is that a good first one? The second one is be grounded in persistence. Persistence dictionary definition says the fact of continuing a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I'm walking around those fields in a, you know, when you've really been praying for something and then when a, a storm hits, it seems even further from being answered. Isn't that so frustrating? And you think, oh, we're getting there and something knocks you back. Jesus is saying, be persistent. If you want to be grounded on the rock, be persistent. Don't give up on what you're believing for. Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. Everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. In the Amplified, it says, ask and keep on asking. Some of you have given up. Some of you, you know when you ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and you think, oh, it's just got too much. It's, and sometimes the fight is too much, the energy is too much. You don't want to be disappointed. You do, and you're, you're trying to keep a sense of expectation, but at the same time, you don't want to be disappointed. Anyone felt like that? Some of you need to ask again. You've become too polite and too British and too, oh, that's for everybody else. Even when you hear the prayer requests, you haven't brought this thing because you believe God for so long. You know what you've done with it? You've put it in the too hard box. Thank you, Charlotte. We, we all have a box that we actually think is too hard. And we've left it behind and we've put all our stuff in there that we've moved on with the smaller things. But some of these big things that we've prayed for for a long time, we've put it in this too hard box. Has anyone got a too hard box? We need to start getting those things back out. Maybe it's that loved one, that family member that you have been believing for and you've kind of just put it on the shelf. Maybe it's that health diagnosis. Maybe it's that business that you wanted to set up. Maybe it's um, to restore relationship with someone. Maybe it's a marriage. Whatever it is, get it out of that too hard box. Some of you younger ones, you haven't got the confidence post-pandemic and you're thinking it's too hard to do that. It's too hard to take this step. God is with you. He's for you and he's hearing you and he's answering your prayers. Don't put it in the box. Don't put God in a box. I remember when I got my, I'm talking to some of the young ones because they're picking colleges and universities right now. And I got the grades back from my A-levels and I didn't get the grades needed to get into um, physiotherapy uni at Teesside Uni. And I was so disappointed because I really felt that that's what I was meant to do. I wanted to help people. And um, so I remember traveling up north to see Steve that weekend. That's where he's from, County Durham. Might have been why I picked that college too. But then he went down to London Bible College. So we kind of switched ends of the country, didn't we, those three years. But I went up to visit and we really felt, I prayed with my mum and dad. I really felt that we should go to the college or I should go and speak to the principal. 
So Steve drove me there and I went in and spoke to her and I said, look, I didn't get the grades. I explained why, gave some reason why. I said, I've driven 250 miles, especially to come and speak to you. I've been volunteering in the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital. I'll be a good physio. I'm going to work hard. And I gave her this spiel and I came out and I said to Steve, I don't know if it worked, but and we prayed in the car. And a couple of weeks later, I got a, a letter saying that I've been accepted into that university to study physiotherapy. And I worked as a physio for 15 years. I want to encourage you to knock and keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't give up on that thing that you've thought is too hard. In fact, it says in Jeremiah 32, 27, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is, is, have any of you got something in that too hard box? I want to stick your hand up right now. We're going to believe for it right now, right now in Jesus' name. If someone, keep your hand up. If someone near you has their hand up, just, just reach towards them, your hand, and extend your hand, your heart, and faith. And let's believe right now for turnaround in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that your word says to be persistent, to keep asking, to keep knocking. Oh, God, for those loved ones. God, for a health turnaround, for financial turnaround. God, you see in our very heart what's going on. And I thank you, Lord, that you are working this together for good. And just as you said in your word, if we being imperfect parents know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father give to you because he loves you in Jesus' name? Keep persistent. Keep persistent. Don't give up. Steve kept persistent for many years in our teen years when he kept asking me to date him, asking me out. I was very indecisive in those years, but he kept persistent. I think there's a picture of us on the screen when we finally got together when we were 18, 19. There we are, bless us. He kept persistent. Some of you need to keep persisting. You need to ask again. And number three, stay grounded in fruitfulness. Grounded in fruitfulness. Fruitfulness means to produce results to reproduce, to grow, to do something for someone else. Jesus talked a lot about fruitfulness, didn't he? He talked a lot, of, even the, the fig tree, he, he cursed it because it, not that it was planted, but that it wasn't producing fruit. And he actually says, because back then it was a time of a bit blurred to know who were followers of Jesus and who weren't because there were so many religious traditions and rules. It actually can be quite similar today. There's, the lines can be blurred to who are followers of Jesus, especially for some of our young people and young adults. There's so many ideas and strong beliefs and advice and fads that can be deceptive to our society right now. And Jesus is saying to keep grounded, Matthew 7, 15, you'll know them by the fruit of their lives and ministries. When you're shaken, what comes off you? What comes out of you? What's the fruit that comes out of your life? Are you consistent in your relationship with God? Young people, he's there to give you the confidence to step out and use those gifts, to put God first, to speak about him. Joyce Meyer said, Jesus designed us to be fruitful, not busy. Is anyone like me when sometimes you're challenged with something and you're upset, you just keep going, you get more busy? to mask it so you don't have to think about it. That's what I do and it challenged me. I need to be fruitful, not just busy. 
What are we doing to feed others, an example to others, you know, in our groups, in our dream team, encouraging? I decided that in this challenging time while my 21-year-old daughter is in Australia and I can't see her, I decided a year and a half ago that I would gather some young adults in our church on Zoom and encourage them and speak into their lives, like my girls, my daughters. The couple of them are in here and they're incredible. We met for lunch this week. What can you do in your challenging season to reach out to others? Steve's mum, Sonia, my mother-in-law, is an incredible woman. She inspires me because she keeps being fruitful even though she has had ill health for many, many years. And she's widowed and she invited her two sisters over to her home a couple of months ago that are also widowed, all three of them. And they couldn't go on their cruise because of government restrictions and health challenges. So they decided to create their own cruise in their living room. And they set up little posters everywhere. They got some sailor hats that they put on. There they are. There's Auntie Avril and Sonia. They have their sailor hats. They had um, things on the doors that said, like Sonia had captain quarters on her bedroom door. And they had all set sail. They had their sweets trolley behind the settee. They had another little drinks trolley stashed there. And then they laughed, they cried, they entertained each other. They ordered fish and chips to be delivered to the door later on. But the thing that I love about her is even though she can't do a lot of things, she still focused on enjoying life, and she's still being fruitful. She leads a group in her home for other women that are also widowed, and she's on the phone praying for them, encouraging them all the time. She's strong in her resolve. She's believing God for miracles, but she keeps giving out and enjoying life in the process. How many know that's a good way to live? And then lastly... Number four, first of all, grounded in resolve. Secondly, grounded in persistence. Thirdly, grounded in fruitfulness. And fourthly, stay grounded in his will. If there's one thing that keeps me stable at times of shaking, it's knowing that I'm in God's will. Or it makes me ask the question, am I in the center of your will? Knowing that he's called me. His call on my life makes all the difference. He's called you, he's saved us, the Bible said, and called us. His plan and purpose for your life is unique and it will not fail. Keep looking to him. I often ask this question. My heart is to help people fulfill the dream and destiny and call on their lives. And so often you see a shaking come and they drift away from God or they lose their passion and they start to crumble in adversity and my heart goes out to them. And I wanna be able to fix it. And I wanna be able to draw them back. And I ask why, why? Scripture immediately before the verse about standing on the rock, the wise man building his house on the rock, the verse immediately before, I believe gives the answer. The challenging words are probably the most challenging words that Jesus spoke. Are you ready for some challenge? God wants us to stand strong, church, in these days more than ever. It takes men and women, young people of tenacity, of absolute strength and adversity, but to nail our colors to the mast and to say yes. In Matthew 7, verse 21, in the Passion, 
Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who persist in doing the will of my Father. On that day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? We did this for you. We did this for you. We cast out demons. We prophesied. But I will say to them, go away from me. I've never been joined to you. I never knew you. My challenge to myself was, God, I want to always know you, Jesus, and not just be getting sidetracked with my issues and my things and my direction, but I want my heart to be connected with his. Jesus is saying, make me your Lord. He's not just our best friend. He's not just our Father. He's not just our Savior. He's our Lord. When you really know someone, you'll know His will. Being Lord of our lives means He's the boss. It means we're surrendering not just our spiritual bit on a Sunday, but every part of our lives. He knows you, He loves you. He's longing for you to really know Him and really love Him. In Philippians 2.10, it says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Doing God's will requires men and women, younger people to stand strong an obedient stance, actually being able to say yes to making Him Lord as a young girl enabled me to make the right decisions in life, enabled me to make the decisions that wouldn't distract or pull me away from following Him, to say no to certain things, say no to relationships that would draw me away from God, to keep sexually pure, to keep those, um, say no to the things that I needed to say no to and say yes to the things that I needed to say yes to. The call of God, being in God's house, saying yes when it was uncomfortable, even right through till now, saying yes to moving countries. We used to sing a song years ago, I surrender all. It's not so popular to sing songs like that now because we're in a popular culture that's anti-authority. Cancel culture. But I believe God is putting the challenge out to each one of us to say, God, I surrender all. God doesn't reward what we do. He rewards what He asks us to do. You know, there's something that every single one of you can do that will make a difference. You know, being in the center of His will having Him Lord of your life is the safest, most fulfilled place you will ever be. Your relationships with others, your peace with yourself, your relationship with God will be at its strongest. No matter what storms have come your way, nothing will thwart the call of God on your life. Some of you have gone through marriage challenges and have gone through big storms that make you feel as though God can't use me. That thing that I dreamed about, that thing that was prophesied over me, that thing that is in my heart. I'm here to tell you this morning that it doesn't negate or thwart the call of God on your life. It actually says in Romans 11:29, God's gifts and calls are irrevocable. They do not change. 
His hand is on your life. I remember as, as a, a few years ago when my back was so painful, I'd hurt my back and I wasn't able to preach at a conference. I had to cancel flights. And I remember feeling like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do what I'm called to do. I'm not going to be able to sit in church. I'm not going to be able to stand for a long time. I'm not going to be able to travel. And I remember someone said to me at that time, Rachel, this will not detract the call of God on your life. And someone needs to hear that. In fact, He uses our weaknesses for His strength and for His glory. He turns it around for His good. All things the Bible says work together for good. No storm will stop it. These are our greatest days ahead. I spoke to Susie Knights on our board this week and she said, Rachel, I believe that everything up until now has been a practice, a rehearsal. Our greatest days of purpose and fulfillment in the kingdom of God and doing what we're born for are still ahead. So stay grounded in your resolve. Stay grounded in persistence. Stay grounded in fruitfulness. Stay grounded in His will. Make Him Lord. Make Him Lord indeed, not just Lord in your time of need. When He is Lord, you say yes to His call. When He is Lord, you are blessed whatever life throws at you. When He is Lord, you count the cost. When He is Lord, you obey. When He is Lord, you live a life surrendered. When Jesus is Lord, you stand for what is right. When Jesus is Lord, you have an assurance that He is in control of every situation. When Jesus is Lord, you can trust Him more and more and more with your life. When Jesus is Lord, you live in absolute security. When Jesus is Lord, you know stability and joy in your life. When Jesus is Lord, you put Him first. When Jesus is Lord, you will see those other important things taken care of. When Jesus is Lord, you make those right decisions. When Jesus is Lord, you will stand strong in adversity. When Jesus is Lord, nothing will stop your destiny from being fulfilled. When Jesus is Lord, you can withstand any storm. You will be founded and grounded in Him. Can we stand together? And we're going to sing this amazing song that we sang earlier, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. And in these moments, can we, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands here or here and say again, but I make you Lord. Even in the storm, I make you Lord of all. I thank you that you are taking me through and I'm strong and I'm grounded, Jesus, because you are Lord. Whatever my future looks like, it's strong in you. Come on, let's let's sing together. Through the storm, He is Lord of all. He's right with you in the storm. You know, we need the Holy Spirit's help to help us to stay grounded, to help make Him Lord of all. I loved seeing so many of you water baptised a couple of weeks ago. And so many young men, older men, and women were filled with the Holy Spirit in the room across at Godwin House. It was wonderful to see that and to see Him as centre of their lives. I wanna encourage you today to make Him centre of your life. Ask Him this week to fill you again with His Spirit, to fill you with His peace, to allow you to be anchored and strong. I believe there's someone watching online and you have felt like giving up and you have felt like
why you've been praying and praying and praying and you've even been crying through this message. And I can even see you right now through the Holy Spirit. I can see you in your room. And you've been crying unto God. He's heard your heart's cry. He sees, He knows, He loves, He understands. And He is answering your prayer. Lift your level of faith. Know that He is with you. He is for you. He is never gonna leave you. And He's gonna perfect that which concerns you. You are good enough. You are good enough. You are good enough because He is good enough. In Jesus' Name. Some people here, when I talked about making Him Lord, and then maybe He hasn't been, and He's reaching out right now with arms of love and He's drawing you close. And He's not looking with eyes of condemnation. He's saying, my son, my daughter, come, come to me. In fact, there are probably many in this room that haven't yet said yes to Jesus for the first time. To say yes to forgiveness of sin. Yes to meaning and purpose for today. And yes to eternal life for your future. Remember Jesus connects our past with our present and our future. The Bible says, I am the way. Jesus said this, the truth and the life. We can't find meaning and truth and purpose unless we're connected to Jesus. We can try for material possessions and even human relationship can't quench this, this need to find truth, this need for belonging, this need for home, this need to be anchored. Only Jesus can fill, fill that longing of your soul. And right now I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Him. And maybe it'll be for the first time you're gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna ask after three, I'm gonna count three. And I'm gonna ask that young people, older people, we had many in the last service that said yes to Jesus. They're gonna say yes to having Him in your heart. Or maybe you've once served God and loved God, but you've, you've walked away and you've got distracted and He's not Lord of all. And you wanna make Him Lord of all of your life. It'll be the best decision you make from now on for the rest of this year, in fact, for the rest of your life and for eternity. So I'm gonna ask that every head be bowed to give you privacy. Maybe you've come for the first time today. Maybe someone's brought you. Maybe you've been watching a lot online. Maybe you know that even though you've been coming, that you haven't yet have the absolute assurance of being grounded in your faith. And I wanna know who I'm praying for. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I'm gonna get you to raise your hand. I'm gonna pray a prayer over you. All together, we're gonna to pray as a church family. But I just wanna know who I'm including in this prayer. So after three, if you can shoot your hand up high enough and long enough for me to see. There's already hands going up. Young person, older person, maybe a couple together. You know it's you. After three, one, two, three. Today is your time to respond to Jesus. Thank you there. Thank you. Thank you over there. Jesus' name, anyone on this side? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing hands just about, but God is seeing hearts. There's a lot of men responding to Jesus today. Good on you. It's going to give you the wisdom and the strength and integrity to stand strong in days to come. Can I ask that you will pray this prayer after me if you raised your hand? your hand on your heart. Maybe some of you want to join in with that. But if you could all pray this prayer after me with those that raise their hands. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank 
loving me. Right now, I say yes to you. I choose to make you Lord. Forgive me of my sin, for going my own way. I turn to go your way. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you that I'm a daughter, a son of the Most High God. I'm a believer with your strength. I've got this in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Can we applaud everyone? We're applauding you because it's the best decision you'll ever ever make. And it's what we do as Soul Church. And it's what I do as preparing a message I've got you in mind. So whether you prayed this for the first time or whether you're coming back and you're making Him Lord. I had a lady after the previous service came up to me in tears and she's been coming for a while. And she said, I haven't made Him Lord, but I did today. And Rachel, it's the most freeing experience. She says, I feel free on the inside. So if you prayed that prayer and meant it today, and you raised your hand or if you prayed it but you didn't raise your hand we would love to connect with you afterwards and myself and some of our team some of the guys here on the front row will be waving these Bibles and we'd love to give you a Bible even if you already have one just to say mark the occasion and say hi and maybe get your email and contact number because Steve and I and some of our team would love to just cheer you on in the week and encourage you and help you in any way that we can but again can we give a a huge round of applause to those those that have responded to Jesus. And my prayer is that each one of us in the coming months will be strong and grounded and founded in Him, in Jesus' Name. You're wonderful people. Stay strong and know that you are loved. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith@soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.